Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Guys, tonight, someday I'm going to preach here and Donovan's going to be here. He's coming to watch our church on April 30th, though, and I'm going to be there because I want to hear him preach because he's awesome, always. So I'm excited. I love Valerie and Donovan. I've been knowing them, Valerie, all my life. She was mean to me when I was a child. And Donovan and Karen, too, both of them took my toys and things. But um, so thankful to have family serve the Lord. Amen. And um, I told Karen I was going to be really long and boring. So since it's Bible study night, you know, so prepare to sleep. <coughs> Amen. It's looking good around here. The front, man, it looks so clean. The colors, it's beautiful. It's going to be amazing when that new building gets built. It's going to have some room. It's awesome. So I'm going to teach some Bible study tonight. Is that all right? <clears throat> Amen. We're going to get into the Word a little bit. Um, Lord, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the opportunity to preach and to speak to the people of God. I pray that you would just prepare the soil to receive what you have. Lord, open our spirits, God, our hearts to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know what Donovan usually does, but I'm just going to do what I do. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to start in verse 31. And before I start, I want to give you a little context of what we're talking about here. We're going to talk about sheeps and goats. Anybody ever had any goats in here before? Raise your hand if you had goats. Hey, we got some goat people in here. Now, sheep are a little different down here in the deep south. Anybody ever own sheep out there? No. Now, up in New York where we lived for 15 years, and especially in Vermont, there were sheep all out in the fields, in the pastures, and they're really beautiful, but they get so dirty looking. But that's another story. <coughs> um, <coughs> but the two pair, there's, so you got Matthew 24. How many of you read that? That talks about the end of the world. Jesus said, these are the signs. This is what you're going to see, and this is how you're going to know that the end is coming. Okay. Matthew 25 has three major parables in it, and all three of these parables are talking about People who are Christians and think they're going to heaven, but they're not. Is that fair to say? Okay, it's kind of scary in a way, but that's what they're talking about. The first one is the ten virgins. How many of you have read that before? The five wise and the five foolish, they didn't have enough oil in their lamps. And when the bridegroom came, they were not able to go in. And the door was closed and shut, and they were not allowed entry. And the second parable here is the parable of the talents. He gave five talents, three talents, and one talent. And the guy that only got one buried it, and uh, God was angry with him. And he said, you're going to go into outer darkness because you failed to multiply the gift that I put in your hand. 
And so then the third parable is really the one I want to talk about tonight. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. It says this, <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me, my allergies are killing me. So I'm going to read this. Verse number 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Most people believe this is the great white throne judgment that we see in the book of Revelation, where the Bible says the books will be opened and will be judged according to the deeds done in our body. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, everybody read that next word, when. When saw we thee hungry? And fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink. When were you a stranger, and we took you in? Or naked, and we clothed you? When were you sick, or in prison, and we came to you? Then shall the king answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you did it unto me. Then shall he say to them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. Thirsty, and you gave me no drink. Stranger, you didn't take me in. Naked, you didn't clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty or a stranger, naked or sick or in prison? He says the same thing. Because you didn't do it to the least of these, it was me. You didn't do it to me. Now, this, and then he goes on to say, and these shall go, verse 46, into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, Jesus is clearly talking about the end of the age, the judgment, beyond the church age, which we're in right now, when all nations are put in front of him and he separates them. So this Judgment is beyond today. This is in the future when this happens. It's fascinating because people could argue that we're not saved by works, right? 
We're saved by grace through faith. We believe that. I believe that. But Jesus is clearly saying here to these people, I, you, you failed to minister unto these people that you didn't think needed it or you weren't, you just didn't care. And because of this, you're going into punishment, into the lake of fire effectively. Is that correct? So this sort of goes against a lot of what we think about being a Christian because and a lot of what we've been taught about being a Christian. Jesus says a lot of things like this. He said, there's a bunch of people that are going to come to me. Uh, <coughs> Matthew 7, and say, Lord, haven't we cast out devils in thy name? How many of you read this one? Haven't we done all these works, wonderful works in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So how does this happen? Now, as a pastor, my job is to tell people what the Word of God says and warn them about things to come. Because if we fail to do this as the people of God, especially as the ministers of the gospel, and can you imagine getting to heaven and ending up being a goat on the left side? And Jesus looking at you after you've done all the things, all the things that you've been told that you're supposed to do. And at the end of the day, he's like, no. I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you wouldn't take me in. I was naked, and you wouldn't clothe me. It's fascinating that both the sheep and the goats ask the same question, when? never saw it I can see the goats asking that question that makes sense but the sheep said it too when did we see you stranger or hungry or thirsty interestingly enough in both of these events they both called him Lord both the sheep and the goats said Lord when did we see it both of them thought they were in the right position both of them never connected the dots between feeding or not feeding and Jesus being the one that that was directed to. Is that fair to say? The sheep didn't know that they saw Jesus in need. Watch this. The sheep fed the poor, visited the prisoners, clothed the naked, gave drink to the thirsty, took the stranger in, but they didn't even do it as unto the Lord. They did it because they had compassion on the stranger and the needy. It was an outgrowth of who they were. Now, you need to follow what I'm telling you here because this is important to what happens when you stand before God and he decides whether you're a sheep or a goat. When, when you put on Christ, you take on his nature. Is that not true? Jesus did not heal the sick, feed the hungry, preach the gospel to the poor because he wanted to be saved. That's not why he did it. He did it because he was a sheep. And that's what sheep do. It was who he was. It was in his heart to do. What you do consistently is a result 
of who you are. As a matter of fact, Proverbs says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I could turn that scripture around and say, whatever you do every day is what you actually think in your heart. A lot of times we don't even know who we are. But if you could just hire somebody to videotape you for a couple of weeks and take inventory, you could figure out what you believe in your heart. See, people sometimes say they are something, but they do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The complete opposite in their everyday life. Now, let's go back to the sheep and goats. How do you become a sheep? The answer is very simple. You're born one. What is the biggest difference between sheep and goats? And, of course, you could say it's, you know, sheep flock together. We know all the things, if we've ever heard this preach, you know, they protect their young in the middle. You know, goats are independent. They run alone. Whenever a predator comes, instead of protecting the young in the middle of the flock, the goats scatter, and it's every man for himself. So, the biggest difference, but that's really not the difference. That's just behavior. The biggest difference between sheep and goats is DNA. How you were born. My approach is to get people born again. And truly immersed in the presence of God. And that turns you into something that you didn't start out as. I believe that the Holy Ghost is radioactive. Radioactive. It changes things that started off radioactive. You know, plutonium is radioactive. If you put it in your pocket, it's constantly emitting electrons, and it'll turn your body into something it didn't start out to be. It'll convert your atoms, your, your atomic molecular structure, and turn you into all kinds of terrible things. You cannot put plutonium or uranium in your pocket because in short order you will be dead because it's converting you into something else because it's radioactive. The Holy Ghost, when we are born of God, when we're born of the Spirit, it the Spirit of God gets inside of us and it starts to turn us into something that we didn't start out as. It starts to change us from the inside out. My preaching today is not to try to get you to change your behavior. My preaching is to get you to change your identity and your DNA. And you do that by being born again of the water and of the spirit. When we're born of the water, we put the old man into death, into the grave. I'm careful about baptizing people because I don't like to baptize live people. Because you're not supposed to bury people alive. The Bible says repent and be baptized, every one of you. That repentance is the changing of the heart and of the direction of the mind. And then after that true, 
total submission to God, the surrender of your will to God. At that point, we bury the old person in the water in the name of Jesus. We cover them with the blood. <coughs> and then they are filled with the Spirit and were born of the Spirit. And your DNA changes. I could talk about Romans 5 where it says the first man, Adam, brought sin into the world. But Jesus brought life into the world. Adam brought death, but Jesus brought life. I tell people it's like you were cursed when you were born because of what your grandfather did. Your name was Inge, and great-grandpa Inge did something terrible. And because of that, every person that has that last name is now cursed in some way. They're cut off from something. But there comes a man on the earth whose last name was not Adam because he was born of a virgin. And he didn't have any physical children. And he opened a door for you and me to be adopted and for our name to be changed. And he said, I'm going to come back with my spirit and I'm going to fill you with my spirit and you can be born again. My God, that is so powerful. How many of you have been born into a mess of a family, into a mess of a life? But God says, I will come and I will put my spirit in you and it will change who you are. <clears throat> it'll change your DNA. When you get the Holy Ghost, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. When the real Holy Ghost just gets a hold of your life and it begins to pour out of you like a river of living water. When you drive away from the church, all of a sudden everything looks different. And you see somebody on the side of the road and say, hey, we got to stop the car because that person is in need does something in your heart. It changes your eyesight. It changes the way you feel about the world. Ah, thank you, Lord. Churches have programs to help people, and that's good. And we do it too. But churches, programs are a sterile way to act like sheep in a group can come on Saturday and give clothes and food and we we do that because we want to bring glory to God but let me tell you something when you become a sheep you're a walking program it changes you it is a conversion it is a complete transformation I want to become the church and the people that God intends us to become I want to have the kind of heart that God wants to put in me. The story of the Good Samaritan was not about a program. It was about individuals. One was broken and wounded, and there was one who was a sheep and not a goat. I believe in this Holy Ghost thing, friend. I believe in it. I don't know how you can ever believe that you should not be born again of the Spirit. That makes no sense to me at all. I know sometimes people struggle to yield to the to yield themselves to God and to speak with tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. It's no wonder that we have to yield our tongue because the Bible calls it the most unruly member of the body. When David had an affair with Bathsheba, 
had her husband killed. Nathan the prophet came and gives him the big story about the man with one sheep. We've all read it. He loved it. It was all he had. He slept with it at night. And this other rich man came and took his one sheep and slaughtered it, who had a whole bunch of sheep. And David was angry. How many of you have read this before? He said, who is this guy that did this? He's going to die. <laughs> and David was a tough dude. David was like the gladiator, if you really want to get right down to it. He killed a lot of people. And he was ready to take business into his own hands. And, and Nathan points his finger at David and he says, you're the man. You did it. And here he is. David is exposed When David realized he was a goat, he said, create in me, somebody say in me, a clean heart, oh God. He said, renew in me a right spirit. See if there be any wicked way in me. Purge me. Clean me with hyssop. Make me clean. Take out this wickedness that's in me. You see, because if it's in me, it'll come out. Mom said sometime along the road, people are like toothpaste. If you squeeze them, what's inside comes out. So you're saying, Pastor, that we're saved by works? No. We're saved by being born again. When we're born again, who we are changes. Works are how we know who we are. Works are how we know we're born again. James said faith without works is dead. He said, you show me your faith. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Because when the Holy Ghost <coughs> transforms your life, it changes Everything about you. Now, I think that you can love something that you're not. Okay, this is important. I remember when I was growing up, skateboarding got real popular when I was in high school. It was a big deal. Everybody had to have a skateboard. And there was all these skateboarding clothes. There was a skateboard store in the mall. Still in there, I think. What's that place called? What, what is it? Zoomies, yeah. And I remember kids walking around with a skateboard, skateboard pants, skateboard knee pads, all this stuff, but they had a problem. They could not skateboard. They identified as a skateboarder, but they were not a skateboarder. They loved the whole idea of being a skateboarder. They thought it was really cool to be a skateboarder because it was a popular thing. And they tried to be a skateboarder, but in reality, they were doing good to walk. And they had no business with wheels near them. I believe you can love something you're not. Just don't be fooled into thinking because you love it, you are it. What's inside always comes out. Sheep. Protect each other.
These six things doth the Lord hate. A lying tongue. Feet that run swift to mischief. Go down the list. The last one. He that soweth discord among the brethren. And that one is an abomination. Because that tells me that there's something in the sheep that ain't a sheep. Because it's natural for sheep to protect each other. Brother Tenney said one time, truth told with evil intent is worse than all the lies one can invent. There's something about sheep. Sheep recognize sheep. Paul said, my spirit bears witness with their spirit that they are sons. When God transforms you, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That means poured out. The love of God is poured out in our heart by the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Jesus said that his sheep know his voice. God is a speaking God. God is a transforming God. Brother Tenney also told us pastors one time, I, I love Brother Tenney, he was such an incredible leader. He said, you cannot lead God's people if you cannot hear God's voice. He told us that being carnal and not being sensitive to the Spirit of God would block the Word of God. And we would do everything out of our intellect and not out of our spiritual direction. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not hear. See, the sheep, the goats, the goats were so engrossed in their lives that they just sped right by. They literally never saw the stranger because they didn't go to places where strangers were. They never saw the hungry. They had no place for the prisoner for sure. See, goats don't have time for no drama. I could tell a lot of goats by their Facebook posts. Goats <coughs> look for people who have something to trade. And sadly, love is not trade. That's so sad. I really believe that so many people think love is trade. And when they get into a trade relationship, it always gets imbalanced. Somebody always gets to a place where they can't give as much on the trade as the other side. They're not as beautiful as they once were. They're not as funny when all the jokes are told. The money runs out. The health runs out. Something happens and the trade gets imbalanced. And when the trade gets imbalanced, the relationship breaks up and fails because it was never built on love. It was built on trade. Love is something supernatural that God instills in us. And we can share it with someone. And we can love them in spite of everything. In spite of the fact that they may never change. My wife loves me because there's things about me that she's been trying to change since we met. <coughs> and she has failed. Now, maybe it's me that's failed. <laughs> 
but we have failed because I still do them. But, you know, 27 years later, I love her more than I did on our wedding night. 27 years later, we have such an affection for each other that has nothing to do with the things that it all started out as. It has more to do with life and the hell that the world has brought and the struggle and the just the love of God that is poured out, that unconditional love, that commitment, that choice. The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. People think love is trade. <coughs> and that's, that's the disposition of a goat because you cannot love something that you also want to consume. You know, I've heard people say, I love chocolate. You may a lot of things chocolate, but love is not one of those things because I'm pretty certain you want to eat it. You cannot love a person that you want to take from. The only way to love, Jesus said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That kind of love is unnatural. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That doesn't come from humans. We are survivors just like the rest of the animals out there, but we're not an animal because we're made in the image of God. And when God pours out his spirit on us and when we're born again and when that nature of a goat is shed aside and God puts his love in our hearts, <coughs> it changes everything. When people come to me broken with marriage problems and family problems and all sort of things, the only thing I can think of is I need them to be born again. I need them to repent of their sins. I need to get them in the water and bury them in the name of Jesus. And I need the Holy Ghost to get a hold of that hard heart and begin to let it do what it does. Begin to break up the fallow ground and cause there to be a supernatural love that hits them and begins to change them. That's why it's important that we are sensitive to the Spirit of God. We are soul winners. I, I got on Facebook the other day. Lord, have mercy. It's 8 o'clock. Don't go to sleep on me. I'm almost done. I'm rambling on. This lady was just attacking. And, the, and I thought, you're not a soul winner. Because if you were a soul winner, you would never let anything like that be on your social media page because of all the people it could offend and hurt. I think of all the people that I'm reaching right now, that we're trying to win to the Lord, that we're letting God's love flow to. And I, it, it affects my tongue. It affects the way I speak to people. It affects everything about me. It, it, it is just all-consuming because Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And because his nature has been put in me, all I want to do is save sinners. All I want to do is reach the lost. I want to pour the love of God. I want to show people that there's something better than trade. That there's something better than what you see on Hollywood. That all of that is just going to lead to brokenness. But God has something rich and deep and powerful and joyful and peaceful that he can put inside of you that will transform your life. And it will make you happy. And it will make you whole. And you won't have to get high. High is whenever you feel good, but you're not doing good, being good, and you aren't good. High is a feeling. Our world is obsessed with getting high. P 
pills, drugs, every imaginable thing. They want to get high. I just want to feel this euphoria. But God intended for his love to be poured into us and for us to pour it out and for us to feel something because we are something. Talking about sheep and goats. My whole desire is to let God's spirit keep the scab, the calluses, the cynicism, the hardness off me. So easy as a pastor. I had a lady call me today. She already called me like five times and she forgot. And she's like, do y'all give rental assistance? And I'm like, Miss so-and-so, it's me again. And I talked to her, and I said, let me help you. You know, let's go to just different places. And we've already helped her. But what happens is we can get cynical. We can get hard because people take advantage of us. We can let life cause us to become a goat and get totally desensitized to the Spirit of God. So much so that we cannot win a soul because we just don't care. We just don't want to be bothered. It's like I would like to teach a Bible study, but I just don't have time. I would, I would like to help that person that's in the church, but that family's a mess, and I don't want to get involved in that. I fear for you. These scriptures Jesus gave us are a warning. What God's will is for us is to let the Holy Ghost and fire loose in our lives to the point that it burns up everything that's not God and it softens our hearts and our spirits until we see the world through his eyes and we feel through his hands and we love souls amen stand with me tonight I hope this has helped somebody I'm going to give you a tip I have gotten so burnt out trying to change the behavior of goats. Get them in the presence of God first. Holy Ghost first. Everything else second. It is absolutely maddening trying to help someone that has not been regenerated in the heart. You are fighting an uphill battle. I tell people this, before you're regenerated and you're born again, it is a struggle to do good because your flesh wants you to be a goat because that's your DNA. Every one of us are born goats. But when the Holy Ghost starts transforming your life, all of a sudden something called conviction begins to work in your life. And all of a sudden you find yourself struggling to do bad. Instead of fighting to keep doing the right thing, something digs into your spirit and now you're fighting to do the wrong thing. That is why we need the Holy Ghost loose in people's lives. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost today, it is for you. It is a must-have. 
It is something you don't want to live your life without. When you get the Holy Ghost, you'll speak with tongues. The Bible, Jesus said, it's like a river of living water that's just roaring out of your belly. It'll transform you from the inside out. It'll heal your mind and your heart. It'll cause you to stop struggling with things. If you'll just let that thing loose in your life, if you'll just give it dominion, somebody say dominion. If you'll give the Holy Ghost dominion, it'll go into all the dark spaces. It'll get into the generational curses. It'll find its way. <coughs> It'll find its way into healing your life in a way that nothing else can. Amen. I love you guys. Such an honor to come here and teach a Bible study <laughs> on sheeps and goats. I'm excited about Brother Donovan coming to our church and preaching for us. He's probably gotten better since last time I heard him. If he hasn't, he's had 10 years. It's a tragedy. It's going to be good. But uh, thank you for coming out on a Wednesday night, trying to get into the Word and hear from God. That's what makes a difference. You dig deep. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.